0: Many years he walked in darkness As he groped along the streets With his hands stretched out for pennies Or for just a bite to eat It's the story of a blind man Who met Jesus on his way, and with the master's touch, the man looked up as the scoffers heard him say,
1: somebody touched me, somebody touched me, I was blind, but praise his name. I now can see I was in darkness When Jesus found me But since he touched me I now am free
0: One day Touched a cripple man And made him walk again And the master saw with pleasure He had labored not in vain Like the story of that crippled man I once was bound by sin but since the Master came, oh praise His name! Thank God, I now
1: can say Somebody touch me! Somebody touch me! I was blind, but praise His name! I now can see! I i the
2: Aren't you glad the Lord touched you, amen? Amen. That's for sure. Yep. We're blessed people indeed, aren't we? Let's take our Bibles today and turn over to the book of Acts. We're over in the book of Acts again, chapter 7, beginning in verse 54. Acts chapter 7, verse 54 Acts chapter 7, verse 54, we're considering Stephen, considering Stephen. In Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 54, we read, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried with a, <clears throat> with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord. Lay not this sin to their charge. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Again, we know that the council had procured a number of witnesses and sought to condemn and ultimately kill Stephen. And Again, he was simply preaching and teaching the word of God. He was just doing the work that God had called him to do. He wasn't a wicked man. He wasn't a sinful man of anything. He was an upright man. He was a godly man. And yet it seemed that The culture, the society at the time was unwilling to yield and surrender and submit to that type of belief system. We kind of touch on that in our day. It seems that it's not so uncommon that the same spirit seems to prevail in our world that we live. Nonetheless, we know that Stephen was a man of God. We saw his qualifications. We considered them already. We looked at them and we noted that he was a man of principle, a man of power, a man of spiritual prowess. He had character, and he certainly was a leader, and we know that God used him in a mighty way. We noted that as we considered his participation, and we saw that he not only was what we would probably call a deacon in our day, but he was also being used to do mighty works and acts of great stature amongst the people. So, this Stephen was an unusual man, to say the least. And uh, we have certainly have much that we can glean from and grow from as we consider him as an example to us. Tonight, I want to consider his generation. Because, see, sometimes we look at these men and we look at these women in the Bible, especially the Old Testament and even early church, and we say to ourselves, well, they didn't deal with what we deal with. I mean, their world was a lot different than ours, and we live in a much wicked, more sinful society. It's much more difficult today than it was then to stand. Every generation, it's getting harder to stand for Jesus, we say. And someone says, well, that's true, but honestly, there were much more difficult situations and much more difficult societies to stand in than ours today. Man, if you live in America today... We are blessed indeed. We have opportunity to proclaim the gospel and we're not in fear of being thrown into jail. I know our rights are being systematically removed. I realize all of that, but may I say, we still have a great nation and we still have an opportunity to proclaim the word of God without fear of persecution. What a wonderful thing it is. That wasn't the case, obviously, in Stephen's day. In Acts chapter 6, turn there if you would, please. Let's consider his generation. Acts chapter 6, verse 9 through 14. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, and the elders, and the scribes, and came upon him, and caught him, and brought him to the council, and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place, and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us Stephen lived in a generation not much unlike ours really a changing generation and there was a lot of change going on and yet it wasn't a very comfortable day to live I mean in one sense we're moving toward where he was but still there are so many similarities here let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll consider his generation a little bit father we come to you we thank you, Lord, for all that you mean to us, all that you do for us. Bless us in these next few minutes. May our hearts be encouraged and stirred by your word, and may we be, Father, ever more aware of the direction we're going in our world. May we not be lulled to sleep. Yes, we have tremendous freedoms, but, Lord, if we don't exercise those freedoms, we're going to lose them. Lord, if we don't stand for something, we're going we're to ultimately stand for nothing. So, Lord, help us, Father, just to be faithful now, Lord, and We thank you for the example, Stephen, and for the men and women of the Word of God that you've given us, and more importantly, we thank you for your example, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, bless us tonight. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. In the 70s, scientists were telling us that we were on a direct course with another ice age. As we moved on into the 80s, the ozone became the hot topic of the day. It was... Going to deteriorate, of course, to such a degree that over the next few decades our skin would eventually melt off of us, and that's how it was presented, and that's how it was shared. In the 20th century, however, we've been bombarded with this so-called data proving that our world is warming at an alarming rate. They call it the greenhouse effect or global warming. You've heard of it, I'm sure. You can't help but hear of it. Matter of fact, if you would only take the time to consider uh, the 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 uh, budget that the United States of America has in place, you'd realize that a lot of money goes into this, more than you could ever even imagine. Of course, there's supposedly this mountain of evidence to support it, just like that ice age that they talked about 40 years ago, 50 years ago, just like that vanishing ozone layer that they were so concerned about in the 80s and 90s. It's all the same. It's been the same over and over again. The world is always quick however to produce evidence on the side of their agendas always now in our passage these particular leaders of the synagogue they were de- determined to provide undeniable evidence that this rebel by the name of Stephen was proclaiming and propagating a blasphemous doctrine they were determined to do so and so what did they do we're going to see that they came up with some real evidence They were concerned, of course, that his particular doctrine would undermine their culture, would undermine their goals and their future. And honestly, it would indeed. They were right about that. The Bible goes on to say that they suborned men, which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. He spoke blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Did he really do that? I mean, what does this word suborned mean? Well, the definition of suborned is basically procured and possibly paid to provide false witnesses against Stephen. So they procured false witnesses and likely paid them to state that Stephen was propagating a destructive and ungodly doctrine. So what we're to understand, I guess, from... His generation is simply this, that they fabricated lies and they presented them as truth in order to discredit a believer. That was the kind of generation he lived in. A generation, again, that would fabricate lies and present them as truth in order to discredit believers. That sure sounds familiar to me. I came across an article a while back that I found both intriguing and alarming at the same time. It addresses the issue of spanking. Let me share just a little bit about it. Now, again, I don't know where you stand on the issue, but I know where God stands on it. Okay, I I know where He stands on it. And that's probably, that's what I want to address because I am going to read to you what somebody else thinks about it. It's uh, Toronto Reuters, an article from the the Toronto and Reuters Press. Spanking children, it goes on to say, can cause long-term developmental damage and may even lower a child's IQ, according to a new Canadian analysis that seeks to shift the ethical debate over corporal punishment into the medical sphere. The study, published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal, reached its conclusions after examining 20 years of published research on the issue. The authors say the medical uh, findings have been largely overlooked and overshadowed by concerns that parents should have the right to determine how their children are disciplined. While spanking is certainly not as widespread as it was 20 years ago, the article goes on to say, many still cling to the practice and see prohibiting spanking as limiting the rights of parents. Well, isn't it? I think that's prohibiting a parent's right. He goes on to say, that point of view highlights the difficulty in changing hearts and minds on the issue. Despite a mountain of accumulated evidence showing the damage physical punishment can have on a child, says Joan Durand, a professor at University of Manitoba and one of the authors of the study. The damage physical punishment can have, they say. It's interesting. The damage physical punishment can have. Can have. You mean he or she can, but not necessarily have damage So physical punishment can have damage But it doesn't necessarily mean it will I wonder what element has been identified by science That determines which children physically punished Are ultimately affected negatively Have they identified what element that is? So if I spank my children, they're going to be phys- physically and a f- physiologically, uh, emotionally damaged? Is that the case? Or is it, is it like if I use a board that's you know three feet long or if I use a board that's one foot long? If I use my hand, if I use a belt, if I use a, a, a rod like the Bible says? I mean, what, what is it? What, what determines? I mean, it can, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to from what they say. Could it be that the element is the one holding the rod or belt? That might be the difference. I mean, that argument seems to be the same as that all too familiar argument that we have, you know, all guns kill versus who's holding the gun. That seems to be the same argument to me here. See, I I don't know that spanking, I don't know that in my heart, I've never seen any evidence that spanking in and of itself, biblical spanking, the way it's done properly according to the Word of God, ever hurt or harmed anybody. Uh, what, What I found, though, is that there are parents that do not handle it and deal with it the way God said to deal with it, and that is. Physically and often emotionally damaging. <clears throat> Just like having a gun doesn't mean you're going to kill anybody. Guns don't kill anyone. People do. That's
0: right.
2: yep. You guys are really falling into the, as the woman said today, the CP. What's it? Called? She said it was politically correct. No, the PC, politically correct crowd. I was at a Steak and Shake today for, uh, stopped, and a girl came out and she, she heard us say Merry Christmas to somebody, and, and she went, thankfully, somebody's saying Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. I'm sick of this PC crowd. She walked storming off out through the parking lot. And then I re- what's the PC crowd? I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. And then I realized she meant politically correct crowd. I'm glad to hear a lot more people saying Merry Christmas, aren't you? I am. I'm hearing more of it. Now, unfortunately, it's Steak and Shake, they kept saying Happy Holidays or something like that. I don't know. You know, I want to sing that song every time I hear it Happy Holidays. <laughs> but <clears throat> it goes on, the article goes on to say, you know, we're really past the point of calling this a controversy. Now, that's a word that's used, uh, and I don't know why. Because in the research, there's really, there really is no controversy, she said in an interview. You know, and I'm sure that in the research that she is noting, there is no controversy. I'm sure of that. Do you realize that you can get facts to say about anything you want? You proclaim. I mean, one doctor can say one thing, another can say another. One medical physician can say one thing, another can say another. One parent says one thing, another says another. Opinion, opinion, opinion. Man, if I look long enough, I'll find somebody that agrees with me. Hey, by the way, that's the danger of you and I seeking out counsel from any source, for getting on the internet, trying to figure out if somebody agrees with me or calling every one of my closest friends and saying, what do you think about this? Do you think I should do this? I've been thinking a lot about doing this. What do you think about that? And then all of a sudden they say, well, I don't think that's a, yeah, well, it's been good talking to you. And they move right to their next friend until somebody finally goes, yeah, I can understand that. And then they go, yeah, me too. That's what I'm going to do. You know, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. But do you know those counselors ought to be godly? At least biblically, that's what it says. Be very careful where you get advice from, especially with issues that affect your home, your family, and your life and your future. So I'm sure that in the research that she's citing, there's no controversy concerning this issue. She goes on to say, if we had this level of consistency in findings in any other area of health, we would be acting on it. We'd be pulling out all the stops to work on the issue. Really? Really? It wasn't that long ago that the California Supreme Court overturned Prospect 8, which expressed the desire of the citizens of California, mind you, to deny gays the right of equal status with heterosexual couples as being unconstitutional. Do you know that, it, that, the state of, that the people in the state of California did not agree with the decision of their legislation, legislators? That when they voted, they actually said no to that? but their government leader said too bad, we don't care what you think, we're gonna do what we want. Hold on, it gets better because see, the lifestyle is being promoted and even glamorized by our media and yet, did you realize that the gay lifestyle is one of the most detrimental and destructive lifestyles there is? Yes, there is, there is. I mean, the facts reveal that the homosexual lifestyle reduces, reduces life expectancy by as much as 24% years. The risk of catching AIDS and other sexually transmitted diseases is, is many times higher among homosexuals than heterosexuals. And by the way, the facts are undisputable. But guess what? They're totally disregarded. Totally disregarded. See, it's unbelievable to think that we want to protect our children from spanking but introduce them to the AIDS virus and to that morally bankrupt and physically destructive lifestyle called homosexuality. See, to me, I don't get that. That is what I call, I mean, oh, oh with so much evidence, I mean, at this level of consistency and findings, if any other area of health, we would be acting on it. We'd be pulling out all the stops to work on the issue. But what about that one, ma'am? What about that one? When men and women are both dying, especially men, are dying by leaps and bounds. Oh, boy, listen, you want to talk about police killing people and how horrible that is. Let me tell you something. It's a drop in the bucket compared to the number of men that died in Chicago alone from AIDS. Doesn't even come close. Look at the statistics sometime. But yet we continue to force this lifestyle down our throats. Why? Because it's politically correct. It's a morally bankrupt lifestyle, but that's all right, at least in the world's eyes. Making the facts fit. They just disregard that. But hold on a second. I mean, we're talking about spanking now. We're talking about something that has really been detrimental. It's destroyed our world. It's destroyed our culture. It's raising a bunch of monsters. It seems to me there's an agenda at the bottom of all this rhetoric. (laughs) That's what it seems like to me. Duran and the co-author Ron Ensom, with the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario and Ottawa cite research showing that physical punishment makes children more aggressive and antisocial and can cause cognitive impairment and developmental difficulties. There's that can again. Recent studies suggest it may reduce the brain gray matter in areas relevant to intelligent testing. It could affect your child's intelligence, this spanking could. Absolutely it does, for the better. Amen. Now again, I'm talking about doing it God's way. I'm not talking about getting angry and plastering your kid because you've just got all bent out of shape because you're embarrassed and you're all upset about what the... Shut up! Quit it! Stop it! Okay, you're going to get it! That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. And, and hey, hold on before we all go buck wild on everybody and start going, oh, those people are horrible. Yeah, you've never lost your temper. <laughs> Let's be careful now. All right, anybody that's ever had children in the home knows they can be slightly frustrating at times. <laughs> now listen, that doesn't mean it's right. I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling you, be careful. The next time somebody says, you know, so-and-so I think spanked that child a little bit too hard, don't freak out. They're the worst parent in the world. They're terrible. Hold on. Just calm down. You'll probably do it sooner or later. And if not, maybe they need it anyway every once in a while just to remind them that it is severe. Sometimes the way we spank kids today, it's almost funny. It's like, bend over. How bad? They're not crying. It doesn't help. It doesn't do anything. Of course it doesn't because you're doing nothing. That's right. I always say if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't help. That's right. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. But and again, I, I'm not a I'm not one of these guys that you know, I, you know, like I say, I teach a class on how to properly train up children. And by the way, training up children isn't about spanking. That's right. right. That, that's not what you know raising your kids. Raising your kids is not about spanking, but. Spanking is a tool that you use to help train You know, I I still remember getting the phone call from children's services. Oh, so you're teaching people to beat kids with rods I mean, that's the phone. That's how she she addressed me. She said are you pastor? Yes, I'm pastor. Oh, yes, man Well, i'm so-and-so from children's services down Summit County, and um, i've got received information that you're teaching people in your church How to beat people how to beat children with rods And I said really I said who shared that news with you? Well, it's confidential, sir. Before it was over with, I asked her, I said, I'm just curious, how many months have you been out of college? Well, I don't think that's even, uh, you know, that that has any bearing whatsoever on this situation. I said, I think it has a lot, because I said, I'll guarantee you in five years after two kids, you will tell me different, talk to me differently. But all I know is, is that before it was over with, of course, I... She wanted me to come down and share information. I said, no, you're welcome to come to my class anytime you like as a member of this church. Why don't you show up anytime. You can come hear what I have to say. But I said, I'm not coming down there to tell you anything. I don't have to. The state of Ohio permits us and supports spanking in, 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 in homes, and it also supports corporal punishment, by the way. As a matter of fact, as a parent, if I permit my child to go out there and get into trouble, I'm responsible for them according to your laws. I said, why don't you read the Ohio statutes? Before it was over, so you think, well, I don't know that this... I don't agree with that at all, but, you know, I'll have to look into that with our legal department. I said, okay, you call me if you find I'm wrong. I've never heard back. <laughs> because it's true. Now, listen, again, it's, it's, it's the PC, the politically correct crowd. Now... <clears throat> So nonetheless, they say it can cause cognitive impairment and, difficult, uh, and developmental difficulties. Now, recent studies suggest it may reduce the brain's gray matter, as we said, in areas of relevance concerning intelligence testing. Now, again, it may reduce. Now, there are no studies that show, he, he, she goes on to say, any long-term positive outcomes from physical punishment. There's not one study. No studies show any long-term positive outcomes from physical punishment. And I thought to myself, oh, You mean other than the millions of emotionally grounded and successful people of a few generations ago, before Dr. Spock corrupted the minds of moms and dads with his book? How many of you have ever received a spanking in the crowd? Just kind of curious, how many of you? Look at you, you're all so mentally handicapped. I mean, you're ridiculous, look at you guys. No wonder you're so messed up. I mean, Come on, wow. I don't have one positive outcome here to point to from spanking. Isn't that amazing how we view things and how we, I mean Wow. That must be why I'm falling off a ladder. Yeah, well I could give you a few other reasons why too, but anyway. <laughs> it goes on to say the article, while banned in thirty-two countries. Corporal punishment of children retains at least partial social acceptance in much of the world. Debates on the issue typically revolve around the ethics of using violence to enforce discipline. With the study, Durant hopes parents will start to look at the issue from a medical perspective. Quote, what we're hoping is that physicians will take that message, boy that's scary, will take that message, they do by the way, Uh, That message and do more to counsel parents around this and to help them understand that physical punishment Isn't getting them where they want to go If you don't believe that this has already hit the presses in the medical field Just go ahead and take your child to the emergency room with a broken bone or some other physical problem and See how they treat you nowadays They'll ask you question after question, and if you're and watch, then they want to take the child away and ask them spe- se- separately what happened. That's sad. Now again, I, listen, I, there, there's no doubt that there are people abusing children, and you know what? I think they ought to go away. I think they ought to go into a dark hole somewhere. I, you know, in my opinion, I think they ought to just let every, I think they ought to let a few you know six- foot, nine, 295. To three hundred and fifty pounders, beat on them a while, and send them into a hole. I'm—I don't agree with it. I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. Nobody ought to be beating up on children, hurting children in any way. But by the same token, there's a lot of good parents here, and it's not saying that somebody won't make them a mistake. I'm not talking about you know hurting their children on, intentionally. I'm talking about there's not a. There's a possibility somebody could get upset and maybe spank their children and leave a hand mark, a hand mark, or maybe even a little line on their butt from a rod. Are you kidding me? They run outside, fall on their face, scrape their whole face up, and we go, well, that's being a kid. Grow up. (laughs) Deal with it, son. And somebody says, boy, I saw my grandchild the other day, and he had a line on his butt from spanking You ought to be grateful that your kids have followed in your footsteps. Quit buying into all that stuff. It doesn't hurt them as long as it's not constant, as long as they are not big bruises all over their bodies, as long as they're not being abused. And I think that's, I've seen the difference in my day. You yell at your child today, it's considered abuse. I don't know, I'm not a real fan of screaming and yelling at your kids, but let me tell you what. How many of you ever had a parent yell at you? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know what I mean? You know? Wow. I mean you're still I think you're okay. <laughs> anyway, she hopes that these countries allow the practice, including Canada, and that they'll take another look at their children's protection laws. That's the bottom line right there, children's protection laws uh that's it could this be the real agenda and i think it is and what we find is that canada is one of more than 190 countries to have ratified the united nations convention on the right of the child and in an 1890 it's an 1890 excuse me a 1989 treaty that sets out protections for children we got to be real careful with that Aren't, i'm glad we have a president now that doesn't want to have uh, let the world have control of our nation i'm glad about that i'm extremely happy about that The treaty has been ratified by all U.N. uh, member states except the United States, Somalia, and South Sudan. Now, that may have changed recently, but I know the United States still hasn't bought into it. But I'll tell you what, we don't want that. And what it includes is that it protects children from all forms of physical or mental violence. Can you imagine how you you could define that? So finally, he says, if we had two or three studies, uh, she says, if we had two or three studies that showed that if you took 500 milligrams of vitamin C a day, you could reduce cancer risk. We'd all be taking 500 milligrams of vitamin C a day. But here we have more than 80 studies, I would say more than 100, that show the same thing about corporal punishment, and yet we keep calling it controversial. Well, i just like to ask her one thing. Which is it, 80 or 100? That's funny how it's 80 or 100. It's not 80 or 81, it's 80 or 100. You know, if I tried to buy, say, a... A Blu-ray player and said, "Well," and and said, "Well, is it eighty or hundred dollars?" If they said it's eighty or hundred dollars, you want it? I'd I'd be inclined to know if it was eighty or hundred before I bought it. I'd want to know which it was, but she doesn't know for sure. She's the one doing the study. See, it's a bunch of it's it's just a bunch of fabrication. It's a joke. You know what? And it seems to me that those opposed that opposed Stephen's doctrine, that opposed his stand, were all too willing to lie in order to shut him up too. It's funny how people are so critical and negative about biblical principle and truth today. We've got to be careful. Listen, it was way back there in Stephen's generation too. I mean, before it's over with, they're gnashing on him with his te- their teeth and they're ultimately dragging him out of the city and stoning him. Why? Because he stood on something called the Word of God. May I say that if you take a stand on the Word of God, there are going to be family members, there are going to be friends, and there will even be a culture, a society, and a government that may not support you, may not agree with your stand. But let me tell you something. You never go wrong following Him. That's right. Amen. Right. Every generation. It's been, pre- it's been in every generation. I do think it was obviously more prevalent in that generation to a degree, and yet it seems to be constantly and continually growing in ours. I'm concerned that we live in a world that is ruled by our father, the devil, just like it was back then. What's the Bible say in John eight forty four. It says, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. What did they do? They suborned witnesses. They they paid people. They convinced people to say false accusations, to to say lies about Stephen and his doctrine and his position. And that's exactly what we find in our world, in our culture today. And again, it's growing. Don't be surprised when people say, you are haters. When in your heart you're saying, I love people. I love people. I love people like I've been taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, no, you don't. You hate them because you won't tolerate their sin. And their lifestyle. That's sad, isn't it? We were warned about a coming generation that would stand in direct opposition to God, given authority. Look, if you will, in Proverbs 30. We're going to close real quick here. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11. Notice what it says here. This is, this is really scary right here. Because we see it coming to fruition even in our generation. Notice what the book of Proverbs chapter 30 verse 11 says right on through verse 14. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There are parents today who to the best of their ability I believe have done what they can to try to influence and try to insert their their lifestyle, their doctrine into the lives of their children, try to make a difference in the lives of their kids. But it seems that more than ever, there's a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. It goes on to say, there's a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. It's interesting how the Bible puts things, isn't it? I mean, they're pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. He goes on to say, There is a generation. Oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. You ignorant, you ignoramuses. You're so shallow. You kidding me? You believe this book? Come on. Anybody who's got half a brain knows it's just fabricated. It's fake. It's made up. There is a generation, verse 14, whose teeth are swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. I don't know about you, but doesn't it weary you when you hear our government in these last years talk about how they believe everybody has rights and everybody ought to be elevated and lifted up and everybody ought to be cared for and taken care of and everybody ought to be and they'll even go as far as to say that there shouldn't be this real rich people there shouldn't be any real poor people everybody ought to be on the same level and doesn't matter whether you work or not doesn't matter as long as we're all equal but hold on but they want to give little pills to older people and get rid of them because they're not valuable Eh, we're not going to give you a certain test because you're just too old now your years are gone it's too late for you You can't really produce. You're not working. You can't really help support the society. You're just a drain on the culture. That's called hypocrisy. Oh, everybody's valuable, and everybody's so worthwhile, and everybody's opinion matters except the ones they say doesn't. There's a generation whose teeth are swords, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The fact is, is that men and women are self serving instead of God serving. That's the reality of life. That's how Stephen's generation was, and that's how our generation is. Self serving. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Stephen's generation was not a very upright nation, uh, generation at all. They hated the truth, they hated the truth of the gospel. He's just simply preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected Master and Savior. But instead, they gnash on him with their teeth. The Bible tells us that they literally chewed on him. And his message was so disgusting in their eyes, they ultimately drug him out and stoned him. They presented a false truth. They gave the facts. Oh, Dr. So-and-so says that his doctrine will hurt our country and our nation and wreck and ruin our, our political power and also our social fabric as well as our financial stability. We've got to get rid of that truth, that so-called doctrine. It's going to negatively affect all of us. Look at Dr. So-and-so says so. He's on the stand right now. Well, Stephen said, you know what? All I got is a Bible. All I have is Jesus Christ. All I have is the truth. I'm going to stand even if it means dying. There was a generation then, and there's a generation now. And as believers, our character and our integrity should stand out among the dark, the darkness. It should just radiate in this darkness in which we live today. It should be a shining light. And so there was a generation back then that ultimately took a very wise, godly, spirit-filled man and cast lies at his feet and ultimately led him out to his own destruction. May I say, if you live for Jesus Christ, you can just expect falsehoods to be said about you about your faith, and about the Lord you serve. But don't give up on Him. Don't quit. No matter what the generation says, just hold true to the General's book. (laughs) Stay faithful to Him. He's our Commander-in-Chief. Let's just follow Him to the very end. Father, we come to You. We thank You again, Father, for the simplicity of Your Word. We thank You, Father, for just giving us the opportunity, Lord, just to gather for a few moments and consider the generation